Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh-oh, trouble at the gas pump. It's getting ugly. And of course, they're lying about why. We're going to talk about why tonight. Plus, we have a great panel, a great light in the mood. All that's coming up on I'm Right. That's inspiring, isn't it? How about how about them gas prices, sir? Well, they're gonna go up. Not my fault, though. But it's these are the children we have who leave the country. Before we get into Joe Biden, though, and who's responsible and all that other stuff, let's just understand something right now. And I want to make this really, really clear because this is another one of those things people on the right, good people, people like you, sometimes have a hard time accepting, right? It's hard sometimes to understand why the communist is so destructive. Everything he does is destructive, creates misery and poverty and death, lots of death. Why? Why can't he see? Well, understand this about the environmental movement, the go green movement, the carbon is the enemy movement on this planet. You have to understand at its core, it believes Human beings, you, me, kids, grandparents, we were a plague on the planet. So if at the bottom of it, we're the problem, what do you think the solution's going to be? Fewer of us. That's the idea. 
And remember this, as in, the, in the coming days, as you point out gas prices to your crazy liberal aunt, or, or you're in an argument with somebody online, or whatever, whatever you're doing as far as gas prices and inflation and how these things are killing you, you have to understand, at their core, that person understands the destruction. That's the idea. The Biden administration right now, but... Okay, they banned imports from Russian oil. All right, you can cheer about that all day long. Woohoo, go Ukraine. That's fine. I, I don't care. But this is more pain at the pump. They don't care. They've never cared. They want more pain at the pump. They want you poorer. They want fewer people on this planet. Oh, but Jesse, don't they understand? It'll wreck this. Yes, they understand. That's the idea. They understand if they could have gas be a hundred dollars a gallon tomorrow, but have you not blame them for it? They would do it without hesitation. They don't care about you, but it's actually one step further. They hate your guts. They despise you. They despise you, your values, your very existence on this planet is viewed as a plague by them. They want you miserable. Frankly, they want you dead. Wouldn't lose a minute of sleep over it. These people, these people don't care about gas prices. The only thing they care about is you not blaming them for gas prices. That's why they're trying to blame it all on Russia. Today, I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. The decision today is not without cost here at home. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. Since Putin began his military buildup on Ukrainian borders, just since then, the price of the gas at the pump in America went up 75 cents. And with this action, it's going to go up further. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Uh, it simply is true. On day one, he canceled the Keystone Pipeline, but people bring that up all the time. Let's set that aside. It's much, much, much more. No more oil and gas leases on federal lands, jacking up regulations, jacking up taxes here. Day one, he did exactly what he promised he was going to do during the campaign. It's part of the Democrat Party platform. He was going to attack oil and gas. And this has been a consistent theme for Democrats for years now. Remember, I mean, you can't get the media to talk about it, but we've had coal towns across this country be virtually abandoned by this communist green movement, go in, attack the coal, get the place to finally shut down. Now the towns are a shell of themselves, usually awash in drug addiction. It's a disaster. This is what they've been doing for years. They're not looking at the results of the things they've done in the past and saying to themselves, ah, dang it. I can't believe it didn't work. Those poor people are struggling now. Look at the poverty and drug addiction. Oops. They're looking and saying to themselves, oh, nice. Oh, we need to keep that thing going. Remember, they've always been at war with you. It's always you. It's always been your fault. Why do you think it feels like everything they do is anti-you? It's not your imagination. It is. They're anti-you. Remember when they asked John Kerry? I mean, they canceled the Keystone Pipeline, and all those jobs just disappeared overnight, and they asked John Kerry about it. Remember what he had to say? To the oil industry executives who are listening, are you putting them on notice today? 
Well, we didn't come here to put anybody on notice except to the seriousness of uh, President Biden's intent to uh, do what needs to be done to deal with this crisis, and it is a crisis. Um, with respect to uh, those workers, no, <laughs> no two people are more uh, in this room are more concerned about it, and the President of the United States has expressed in every comment he has made about uh, climate the need to uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner. The same worker who works in South Carolina today putting together a BMW, which happens to be made there, and, and, and um, is currently an internal combustion engine, can put together a car, but it's electric. So this is not a choice between having jobs, having good jobs, having the quality of life. Quality of life will be better. I think that uh, workers are going to see that with the efforts of the Biden administration, uh, they're going to have a much better set of choices. And frankly, uh, it will create more jobs. Of course. Just move jobs. Why are you whining about that good paying job you had? Putting food on the table, kids school, maybe get the wife a pretty set of earrings every now and then, take her out to Red Lobster. No, just go move your job. It's no big deal. They hate your guts. And remember, before we go into it, the three things, the three things all our cultural leaders have in common, you know, by now, you know, what are they? One, no love of country. You're seeing a lot of this now. That's why it's, uh, it's not, uh, well, it's all hands on deck. We're going to keep prices down for you. They're not worried about that. They don't think like that. They don't care about the country. It's just simply, it's not my fault. Blame Putin. No love of country. Two, no connection to the real world at all. You're seeing that right there. No connection to the real world, how normal people live. I've lived most of my life paycheck to paycheck. Sometimes I've flat out been out of work. Just look, go build solar panels, peasants. That's somebody who has not existed in the real world for years, if ever. Right from his fancy house to a fancy college, fancy government job, fancy lobbying, fancy media, fancy, fancy, fancy. Has no idea what it's like to eat Kraft Mac with weenies in it which I love to this day, but still, no connection to the real world. And three, they believe they should rule over you. As kings and queens, they believe they should rule over you. I mean, they know, you can point out hypocrisy all day long. People would love to do this with John Kerry or Joe Biden or somebody. They'll say, well, he doesn't want me to drive, but he can fly a private jet. It's not hypocrisy. He believes he should be able to fly a private jet. Remember, he's a king. He's a queen. They rule over you. You're a peasant. You don't get to fly. You don't get the same privileges that they do. I mean, Joe Biden talked about it yesterday. We have people out there right now paying $6 a gallon in this country, and Joe Biden's talking about, well, hey, let's go green. This crisis is a stark reminder to protect our economy over the long term. We need to become energy independent. I've had numerous conversations over the last three months with our European friends of how they have to be, wean themselves off of us, Russian oil. It's just, not, it's just not tenable. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. This is a perspective that our European allies share, and the future where together we can achieve greater independence. Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't. Let me explain. Won't. Will not lower energy prices for families. 
but transforming our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy with tax credits to help American families winterize their homes and use less energy. That will. That will help. And if we can, if we do what we can, it will mean that no one has to worry about the price of the gas pump in the future. Yeah. What's your problem? To turn in that diesel truck you use to haul feed around, go get yourself a Tesla. The average electric vehicle is $56,000 in this country. That's $10,000 higher than the one that runs on oil. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a lot of savings. To say nothing of the fact you use mass amounts of oil to build the electric vehicle. Oh, and enjoy stopping every 250 miles for 30 minutes. That's if you get to the front of the line to recharge your car. But wait, there's more. Where's that electricity coming out of the charger coming from? You see, it's all a lie. All of it. The truth is... These people hate your guts. They don't care that you're getting crushed. They're all doing just fine. They're going to drive wherever they want to drive. They're going to eat whatever they want to eat. They're going to fly wherever they want to fly and do whatever they want to do. They just don't think you should be able to do the same. Here's Stephen Colbert. He's worth $75 million telling you just pay a buck more a gallon. Have a clear conscience. Today, the average gas price in America hit an all-time record high of over $4 per gallon. Okay, that stings, but a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. I'm willing to pay. It's important. It's important. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. <laughs> Ha 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 ha, peasant, ha, he'll pay whatever because he drives an electric car. It's just a buck or two. My wife filled up her SUV yesterday. It's about eight years old. A hundred dollars. A hundred dollars every time you fill up the tank? It's not as if uh, we're out here partying it up either. It's, it's practice here and practice there. Pick the kids up from school. A hundred dollars to fill up a tank? How are, how are people supposed to live? Oh, but wait, the regime is all over it. You see, they're going to tell you the sky is green and that people are thrilled to pay these prices, like CNN did. Stopping all Russian imports of energy into the country, that could have a significant ripple effect on the global energy market, then pushing prices here at home at the pump a lot higher, Kate. But as you mentioned, people we've spoken to over the last couple weeks, they're okay paying higher prices if it means holding Russia accountable for what they are doing in Ukraine. Yeah, sure they are. Where are these people? Because I ain't talked to one. Oh, no, no, I'm not talking about Stephen Colbert. I'm talking about the 64% of Americans who live paycheck to paycheck. I'd love to hear how many of them are thrilled to pay two bucks more a gallon in gas for Ukraine. Absurd. But what, what, wait, there's good news, isn't there? We have a midterm election coming up. 2022, baby. Going to sweep those Democrats out of there. Get some Republicans back in charge. Yeah, I hear the, the Republicans who are going to be in charge. Where we've ended up is at $14 billion. Um, in order to get to $14 billion, we actually had to uh, prevent House Democrats from blocking loan guarantees to help Eastern uh, NATO allies uh, buy American aircraft with their own money, which shouldn't have been 
a problem. The House Democrats tried to cut the own uh, the administration's request for security assistance by $300 million. In other words, it's been like pulling teeth uh, to get out of House Democrats what the Ukrainians obviously need at this particular time. Okay, I just want to be clear about something. This has nothing to do with Russia, Ukraine. They're about to pass, well, did pass, a $1.5 trillion bill. And the GOP's mad it wasn't enough, one, and two, telling you it's about helping the Ukrainians? $14 billion for the Ukrainians, $1.5 trillion bill. You mad about inflation? Why do you think we have inflation? Spending money we don't have, so we just go print it, devalues the dollar. What's the GOP going to do to help you? Hey, they didn't give us enough money! Yeah, all that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We actually have a great panel coming up next. I don't do this much, but I like it when we do. That is coming up in just a second, but first. You ever get anxious? <laughs> Probably shouldn't even ask that at this point in time. Every single time you turn on the news. You ever get nauseous? Morning sickness? Hangover? No judgment here. I'm, I'm sure you do, right? Everyone struggles with one of those things at some point in time. Don't put chemicals in your body, though. Get a relief band. Relief band goes right on your wrist. Slickest daggone thing in the world. Goes right on your wrist, and it targets the nerve that sends those signals to your brain. It's comfortable, no chemicals in your body, anxiety, gone. Nausea, gone. It works. Go to reliefband.com and use the promo code JESSE and you get 20% off. Go get one. Get one for the wife, too. Reliefband.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. What is the thinking within your caucus about how to deal with that issue specifically? Um, and what is what has been the reaction of your colleagues to, you know, things like diplomatic outreach to countries like Venezuela and Saudi Arabia in terms of like increasing the global oil supply? Yeah, that issue hasn't come up. I assume those conversations are taking place, but I haven't been read into them. And we await, you know, further clarity from, you know, from the administration. It hasn't come up? All right. Joining me now, we have a great panel for you tonight, is my friend Bruce Lavelle. He is the co-founder of the National Diversity Coalition, and probably more important for our purposes, a very successful businessman, and of course, my friend Dave Bratt, the Dean of Business at Liberty University, also former congressman as well. Bruce, I'm going to go to you first. There seems to be, I mean, it's more than just Hakeem Jeffries. It's Jen Psaki, it's Joe Biden. There seems to be, on top of all the policies I disagree with, a shocking tone deafness for how normal people are being affected. Hey, what about high gas prices? Oh, I don't know. We haven't even talked about it. Well, you know, and thanks for having me, Jesse. I think the, the reality of it is, is they don't have a clue. Um, there weren't any uh, specific appointee, appointed personnel in the administration that had some level of business background. And I have to give kudos to uh, President Trump, and as you gave my greeting, I was actually appointed by him right under cabinet with uh, small business over the entire southeast of the United States. So there were a lot of us, Mnuchin, Linda McMahon, there were a lot of appointed people that took a leave of absence from their business, successful business, a lot of us, 
and served in the administration. So when you asked a lot of various folks in the Trump administration, they would be able to easy articulate that answer quickly, expeditiously, because they are, you know, we don't just leave our business and not leave our fellow colleagues and our connections and our connectivity. And that's what made President Trump so successful because he can get on the phone from from farming to uh, real estate to, you know, people, contractors and all types of of people in his Rolodex that made him successful in his tenure, which is, you know, gave him the ability to to move quickly and to come up with solutions real fast. So in all fairness, the Biden administration, they don't have that wealth of appointed, you know, qualified people, as I say, that understand the climate as it relates to the retail commodity industry, per se. They don't understand, you know, a balance sheet, a profit and loss statement that that I and you know understand very well for 29 years, and so therefore this is what you get. So they don't know in all in all fairness, though, Jesse. Uh, Dave, let me ask you this: I made the argument in the opening, and as you well know, you can tell me I'm wrong. I made the argument in the opening. Democrats are actually thrilled about this as long as they don't get blamed for it. If they had their way, they'd have you paying hundred dollars a gallon at the pump if they could magically make you not blame them for it. They're not upset about gas prices; they're only upset about the midterms. Yeah, no, that that's what I was going to say is uh, the soundbite where they look uh, tone deaf. Uh, that. Is, is a good piece for them. What they don't want is a conversation about energy. They don't want the American people finding out that the, the green energy deal, the whole green industrial complex uh, was just constructed about 20 years ago uh, in order to bring you know about 10% of the economy up through the swamp and they take their 30% away and then they send it back to their friends, right? So that they'd much rather look a little tone deaf on gas prices right now than get into a conversation uh, because the last thing they want is for the American people to understand that green energy piece. And then when they understand that green energy piece, they'll understand all the linkages between Russia and Ukraine and energy and Germany and the United States, and they'll get really mad. And so, yeah, they, looking tone deaf is bad, uh, but there's worse outcomes, and I, I think you're right. They, they're, they're laughing. They're still laughing. Uh, because uh, the polling is starting to move up because they're shifting the conversation away from the uh, economic disaster and the monetary policy disaster and the inflation disaster uh, because the war is starting to take over some of the headlines. Speaking of inflation, Bruce, I want to ask you this. We're about to pass, or Congress just did pass, actually, a $1.5 trillion bill. Of course, they're billing it as aid for Ukraine, even though that's $14 billion for it. But that's the, that's the sunny label they're putting on yet another $1.5 trillion. It seems to sane people like this is mind-boggling. It seems like they're trying to destroy the dollar. We're in the middle of inflation and you're passing yeah. another $1.5 trillion bill. Are they trying to wreck the country? Well, once again, like, yeah. And, you know, they're totally not experienced, as I said earlier in the segment. And so, Jesse, you know, the, the problem is, is that you know, what are we at? 30 plus trillion now? I got the debt yeah. clock, you know, linked into my Twitter watching the, watching the clicker. And, you know, we saw what the uh, travesty of the what COVID bill was, what less than 10 percent actually went towards COVID. And so, you know, at the end of the day, they always figure out they got to spin their way out. But what they don't understand is guys like me, 30 plus million of us in the country of small business, we make up 60 plus percent of the GDP. And so we're a force to be reckoned with. But they don't understand that. You know, I tell all of my colleagues, even my Democrat friends, yes, I have Democrat friends. 
every time you hear politicians say they're going to grow jobs and they want to you know you know present a bill with money in it that's coming out of your payroll taxes and you know like the trump tax cuts back in 17 that was a win-win for all you know i I noticed two of my employees are like hey there's something different i said yes your payroll taxes are is lower now so you have more discretionary income in your paycheck so you can go buy some more things and and spend the money which is what the private market was intended to do once again the leadership in the biden administration has no clue on what a balance sheet looks like and what it what it entails to let the free market grow itself. You saw Pete Butthead or Pete Buttigieg when he presented wanting to put EV units all over the rural areas and put this huge uh, uh, bill on, and putting electronic charging stations across the country. But what happened to the private sector? What happened to a gradual progression of growth and letting the market take care of itself? The the small mom and pop EV guys who wants to put sell their units in their particular areas. Why should we be competing with the government? And this is the type of mindset that they don't understand. That's why it's imperative that to try to attract and to promote and to encourage Jesse small business people like this great former congressman who actually went to Liberty University with uh, my good friend Jack Brewer uh, last uh, summer, we had a great uh, round table on small business, is to try to promote the leadership of these type of people and go, hey, go serve the city council, serve the state house, serve the commission, serve the Oval Office, serve the Congress, like this gentleman, serve the Senate, and then you won't have this foolishness because you'll actually have people who have literally lived, worked, and played and have skin in the game that understand balance sheets so they wouldn't be so quick to be wanting to raise money and taxes because they understand how it impacts small business. Dave, we have a lot of talk now about buying oil from Iran. There's talk about lifting sanctions on Venezuela. Uh, Obama was all in on this too, especially with cuddling up to Iran. Could you please explain to me, because it boggles my mind, why Democrats are so invested in cozying up to the largest state sponsor of terror in the world? I don't understand what I'm seeing. Yeah, well, I think to answer that, I'm going to go back to our previous conversations. The answer to that is a cultural one, right? I, 20 years ago, I used to have friends that were liberals. You could have good reason debate. Uh, now on the mm-hmm. left, you've got uh, this school of deconstruction. Uh, they want to tear down. It comes out of Marx, right, who wanted to attack the capitalist class and take over with a utopian society. Uh, and now the equivalent exists, right? The left is trying to deconstruct the Judeo-Christian tradition. They're trying to deconstruct the rule of law, the Constitution, and they're trying to deconstruct the free market system and uh, free business and small business. Everything they want is big. If you look at at big airlines, big banks, big automobile, now they're going for big energy, they're going for big agriculture, et cetera. And so they are trying to destroy aspects of the economy. They're trying to tear down our system so they can gain control. That's the only conclusion you can reach, right? As uh, both of us on the panel have been saying, uh, if you let the free market system work, all the evidence is, is coming in. Uh, China and Russia, you know, now the good news is people are gonna learn about China and Russia and what's going on, right? When they disappear people. That's the new verb for the year, right? When you disappear someone. And you're going to learn what it looks like uh, to have tanks rolling over little kids. It it just makes your stomach sick, right? And so now you're starting to see what totalitarian regimes look like. The press can't withhold the information anymore. 
And the American people are going to learn about the energy logic because when prices go up to this extent uh, and inflation, I didn't even even get to, but just go out to the Federal Reserve, Fred, right? Just Google Fred and uh, Google Fred and uh, M2 and you'll see just the money supply going uh, straight up through the roof. And as Milton Friedman said, uh, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. If you print money, uh, if you jack it up by 40%, a price is going to go up by some yep. proportion of that 40%. Dave, Brad, Bruce, Lavelle, I wish I could keep you both an hour. Thank you both so much for giving us some wisdom. Thanks, bro. All right, thanks. thanks. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. We got Dome and Dumber next. First, though, something put a smile on your face. What if you could have something in your house? Don't worry. It won't take up a lot of space. What if you could have something in your house that always cleans your air constantly. Maybe it even takes care of your allergies. You can. It's an Eden Pure thunderstorm. It's an air purifier, but it's not like the ones you picture, like the big towers. I've had all those with wall makes a bunch of noise. It's just this little black box goes right in the outlet on the wall, and they're incredible. They're incredible. I own three of them now. You can own three too. You have to go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE, and that gets you a steal. It gets you a three-pack for under $200. That's $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. What am I doing here? Why now? Why all this chaos now? It doesn't seem like all this stuff started like five minutes ago. Just boom, everyone's on the move. Iran, about that far away from a nuclear weapon. Putin, massive invasion of another country. China, they're buzzing Taiwan every other minute with fighter jets. Why now? Well, I mean, we know why now. Look at America. When America is weak, the wolves are going to go do their thing. And when we have a senile old man at the top, they're, they're not, they're not going to wait for that, change, for that to change. They're not going to wait for a new guy to come in. The wolves are looking at America, and they say to themselves, now's the time. It's not a small thing. It's a big deal when the president of the United States of America can't speak. It's a big deal that he sounds so... So tired all the time. It's a big deal. It's a big deal that he walks around with that stupid stiff arm gait and we all understand what's going on there. It's a big deal he looks lost as a puppy at all times. It's a big deal he gets up at events with a couple black dudes there and says, ha, man, I can tell you guys must hoop. The three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball and the other one looks like he could bomb you. Of course. Every black guy plays basketball, haven't you heard? You think they don't watch that in other countries and say to themselves, oh my gosh, this freaking idiot. Of course. They're licking their chops right now. Of course they're on the move. And before I get to the next thing, I just want to say, we're probably going to have a few years of this. Joe Biden ain't going anywhere. We're going to have a few years of having to suffer through this with the world on the move. When you have a president, you have a commander-in-chief like this, they're on the move. 
Look, when he got done with that event, he was lost. Again, he does this all the time. If there's not somebody there to grab him by the arm and lead him, he looks like someone wandering out of a nursing home. Thank you for all you do. No, it's just a little video. Man, you gotta know where he is. Didn't have any idea where he is. Look, the people see it now. Only 24% strongly agree he's fit for office when they're talking about his mental fitness. 34% strongly disagree. We can all see it. And I, I wanna stress this again because we forget about this as Americans. I forget about it too. We don't watch other politicians. We're America. You can call it arrogant, call it whatever you want. You don't know what the leader of Germany sounds like. You probably couldn't pick out Xi Jinping's voice out of, of, out of two people. Everyone knows what American politicians sound like, especially our president. When our presidents speak, they all watch, especially world leaders. They sit around and they watch these events. These advisors watch these events. Do you think they're going to waste an opportunity like this? I mean, you understand this huge Russian invasion of Ukraine it could easily lead to World War III. We've not only been behind the entire time, we actually sent Dome to Europe to handle the negotiations. Kamala Harris is a lot of things, but she most definitely is an idiot and not somebody at all equipped to handle negotiations on this level of importance. I wouldn't trust her to negotiate a lemonade from a kid's lemonade stand. We're sending her to NATO? Why? Well, let's be honest. She's the most qualified one of the two of them. You know that? That's where we are. And look, this is the person. Look, this is the person we just sent to NATO to negotiate. Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and, and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. We're in so much trouble. All right, election fraud. Let's have another talk about that. Liz Harrington's joining us next. There's real video, real facts, jaw-dropping stuff out there. First, home title theft. I admit, I'm an old 40 years old. When I say that, it's, I don't understand technology, the internet. I can't wrap my mind around it. I, I, it's way beyond me. It's never something that's interested me. And so now I'm way behind it. I don't get it. It took me forever to fully grasp that my home title was online. I didn't understand. I, I didn't put it online. Who put it online? Well, they're all online. 
every home title. They're all out there in the cloud now. And the biggest cyber crime in the country is cyber thieves hacking into them, forging signatures on them, and taking big fat loans out against them. A loan you'll have to take back or they'll evict you from your home. Or you could spend tens of thousands of dollars on a lawyer to get it unwound. Or you just go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up. HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock will detect any tampering and shut it down like that. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. I believe the legislature ought to take a very hard look at the option of decertification of the 2020 Wisconsin presidential election. Okay. I know you've seen that before on this show. You've heard it on my radio show. I'm not sure why you haven't heard it anywhere, but that kind of seems like a big, big deal. That's a special counsel in Wisconsin. Joining me now to talk about that is Liz Harrington. She's a spokesperson for President Trump. Uh, Liz? That's not some wingnut with tinfoil on his head. That's a special counsel. What's going on? Thanks for having me, Jesse. No, it's a huge deal, and no one is covering it in the mainstream media. That is a special counsel, Michael Gableman, who was appointed by the state legislature in a constitutional process to look at the 2020 election. And what he's found is damning evidence. Uh, we have the Mark Zuckerberg funding that he says is election bribery because we know because emails show from officials in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, with these outside groups that got Zuckerberg funding, gave them access to the voter rolls, to the early ballots, what were coming in, when they were coming out. This is major stuff. And then, of course, the really big bombshell that he also dropped was these videos of nursing home fraud, which is absolutely appalling and disgusting. You have these residents in these uh, elder care facilities who had ballots cast in their name, their family members say they don't even recognize them anymore. They haven't had the right to vote. It's been taken away for sometimes 10 years. They clearly did not cast this vote themselves. So the question is who did? You had 91 nursing homes with 100% turnout rates. And this is so fraudulent. This is on top of the work that Representative Janelle Branchen has done in Wisconsin that has shown 50,000 phantom votes in a race that was decided by 20,000 votes. That's why Michael Gableman's calling for decertification. That's what the people are calling for. We'll wait to see what the legislature does. Liz, can you explain to people who don't understand the whole nursing home angle? Because a lot of people don't understand ballot harvesting and how it works. What, what, what do you think they did in the nursing homes? Right, so this is an issue that has actually been going on for a very long time, but has gotten so much worse with mail-in ballots. And Wisconsin in particular, they have a system called, they use special voting deputies that are trained, they know how to go in, they do this in accordance to the law to go into nursing home facilities and help elder uh, people vote legally. So what happened though in 2020 was the Wisconsin Election Commission said, no, COVID is too dangerous. We can't have these special voting deputies uh, go into nursing homes and, cat and do this legally. So they made it illegal for the special voting deputies to go in, and this is what happened. You had total ballot harvesting, which means all these ballots came in from nursing homes of people who had no reason, no uh, state of mind to vote. They were preying on the elderly. 
I mean, all these votes were cast. You had 95 to 100 percent turnout. That is third world turnout rates. That does not happen in the United States. It should not happen in the United States. And people were preying on these old people to get filling out the ballots for them. You have all these family members testifying for in the special counsel uh, investigation. But this is not uh, limited to Wisconsin. We know this happened in nursing homes. Canvassers have done uh, examinations in other swing states. We know this is a big problem and we have to root out this fraud. Liz, uh, before we move on, so I want to actually get a move to one of those other states, Georgia, in a second. I want to stay on Wisconsin real quick, though. Where do we go from here there? Like, where are we going from here? Is something going to be done? I mean, you and I can talk about it all day long on my show. If something's not done, it doesn't do us any good. What's being done? Right. And we need something to be done. I mean, I think this was a huge bombshell that, frankly, some of the state legislature's uh, members there in Wisconsin weren't expecting from the special counsel. And so now the ball is in their court. President Trump uh, put out a statement yesterday that said Robin Voss, the Speaker of the House, the Speaker of the Assembly in Wisconsin, he should extend the special session that they're having in Wisconsin. They should address these issues and they should decertify. I mean, it remains to be seen if they're going to have the courage to do so. There's already a resolution filed by Tim Ramthan in Wisconsin to decertify because the evidence is overwhelming. We have indefinitely confined uh, abuse of getting around the voter ID laws. That's over 200,000 votes. You have all these phantom ballots. You have the election laws that were broken. You have this so-called democracy in the park, which was a massive illegal ballot harvesting operation in uh, Madison and Milwaukee. I mean, we could go on and on. And you're right, we can talk about it, but is anything gonna be done? That's up to the state legislature. We're waiting to see if they're gonna extend the special session. And also they should get rid of drop boxes in Wisconsin. They should make changes to not just fix 2020, but make sure it never happens again. Get rid of mail-in ballots, get rid of this extended um, massive early voting period and then after the election extending the counting out with the mail-in ballots we can't have that i mean that's what we had in 2020 it was a total fraud and the changes need to be done liz moving on to another fairly critical state there's something called voter ga in fulton county here's just a little video so there are 17,000 votes in the Fulton County certified results right now that for which we have no ballot images to support those votes. So the question is why are they there and how did they get there? The impact of this alone means that there are 13,303 extra Biden votes and 4,279 extra Trump votes that cannot be substantiated. All 374,128 in-person ballot images from the 524,000 that, that um, Fulton uh, certified, they're all missing. There were 524,000 votes cast in Fulton County. Only 16,000 of them can be authenticated. Okay, Liz, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> right. It's it's amazing the stuff that Voter GA has found, which is a nonpartisan group, by the way. This is not a Trump supporter, Garland Favorito. Uh, he's an independent, did not vote for President Trump, but he's been appalled at what he's found in Georgia, looking at 
not just the registration rolls and the machines and the mail-in ballots, but now they've looked at actual ballot images. This is the state of Georgia, which certified this election based on this data. They're saying they should have never certified in the first place because they have no proof behind these votes. One of the other findings was 315,000 ballots do not have, were not signed off. No one ever swore to them. And that is against the law. So in the state of Georgia, every time a machine closes, you have the poll manager sign it off with two witnesses to certify these votes. 315,000, nobody swore to them. They just, in other words, they just appeared out of thin air. And we have to get to the bottom of this. We need a real full audit. But we can't use these machines if this is the, there's no paper trail. And the paper that they do have doesn't make sense. They said if they were to redo the election or go through with this data, which is the official election data from the state of Georgia in Fulton County, and tried to recreate the 2020 election, they wouldn't be able to do it because none of the numbers add up. This is way more than enough uh, for the voter margin, the vote margin in the state of Georgia. This is just one county and all these problems happened. Uh, this is a state decided by 11,779 votes. It's a total joke. And this is on top of everything else they found in the state of Georgia. There's massive ballot harvesting with the drop boxes. It's all caught on camera. They have 240 ballot harvesters that they've identified using location data. And this was totally rigged. We have to do something about it. This is another state that should be moving to decertify as well. Amen. Liz Harrington, I wish I could keep you for an hour. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesse. Look, it's not me saying it. You're, you're looking at real people, hard evidence. And look, I don't want to do this thing. There are a couple things I'm never going to do on this show. I'm never going to do that. Every election's stolen. Just stay home. That's the dumbest, most suicidal thing I've ever heard in my life. But I'm also not going to ignore what happened. What are we doing about it? What, what is the plan? Does the GOP have a plan? They got all this money. You got all these donors. You're going to put people in nursing homes, keep an eye on this stuff? You're going to get your Republicans in the state legislature to move forward on things? Or are we just going to whistle past the graveyard? All right. All right, that's enough of that. It's lighten the mood time. Next. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. Now, I know yesterday was International Women's Day, but today I thought we should celebrate men and men's outstanding athletic achievements. You might not like it, but this is what the peak male athletic form looks like, and there ain't a thing you can do about it. That was amazing, though. That was amazing, especially a dude that size. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 